Good morning. Pam here with my coffee. Early on a Monday morning, I have been watching a beautiful sunrise, and I decided that I needed to do episode six of my father's tales while Gary is still sleeping. Well, it's nice and quiet, and as we remain in COVID-19 lockdown as we inch on toward the end of the month. Uh, It's April 20th today, actually. And I want to talk today about uh, just some incidental things about my father. He, back in the day, way back in the day, he was a hunter and he had all of the things that went with that. And I will... I will talk about that because that needs to be talked about, but he stopped hunting and for, oh wow, probably the last, mm, at least 15 years or more of his life, he did not, he did not hunt. He would kill predatory things. He was a crack shot such as snakes, things like that, uh, as he lived on uh, about six acres of land at that time. But he um, had stopped hunting. Uh, And one of the reasons that he stopped hunting, he began to watch a lot of PBS. As a matter of fact, that was... A lot of what he watched was PBS nature shows. And he began, as he told me, to see how disgusting people could be when they overhunted. And, and he saw that himself on the last hunting, the, the last official hunting trip he went on in uh, back where he had grown up, deep southeast Texas. And as he was living in central Texas, you could still hunt there. Uh, if you wanted to, there were places you could, deer leases and things like that, which I think are horrendous. I am very anti-hunting. I think if you need it to live, uh, that's one thing, of course, to survive. But uh, we don't have to pretty much, not yet, anyway, in this country. So it's really hmm, not necessary. And he saw that. And he and I had big discussions. He knew that I was anti-hunting. Now he had been vocal about that since a teenager. I held, I didn't hold back on that, did not like it. And he never was angry with me for my opinions, and which he could have been. He could have, because it was something that it, at one point I think he enjoyed. I think mainly he enjoyed being what they would do. They Everyone brought their whatever kind of uh, campers and things like that, and they would kind of put them in a circle and build a big campfire in the center. And it was more about, I think, socializing around the campfire and, and that sort of thing than than the actual hunting. Uh, although he, as I said, you did not want to go against him in a, <laughs> in a contest on a range, on a, on a shooting range, because he never missed. He never missed <laughs> the bullseye. But he rarely, I never saw it miss, but I'm sure he did, but I never saw it. But one of the reasons was he saw the need for, for conservation and for preserving nature. 
and he watched a lot of shows. And when Brandon was really young, he we went in and and he says to Daddy, "Are you watching the polar bears again, <laughs> Granddad?" And Daddy got the biggest kick out of that. He's like, "I guess I'm watching too much nature, <laughs> too many shows about polar bears and whatnot." Well, my grandson says that to me, but. He uh, he was an interesting man, as I've said before, in so many ways. He he um, he was diverse in his interest. He was a, an avid reader, and our son is, and I always was. And I read I read a lot online now, uh, but we still have a, a pretty large library, uh, Gary and I, and. But one of the, the books that, that my dad, that as a kid, his favorite writer, he said, it's probably the only kind of books he could get back then, uh, was Zane Gray. He had a whole Zane Gray collection. As I grew up, I always thought it. It reminded me a lot of Gary's uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, the paperbacks, because they some of my dad's Zane Gray were hardbacks. But I guess as time went on and they began to have the, the cheaper paperback versions. He also had Zane Gray in paperback. I wish I had um I don't know whatever knowing <laughs> my mother, who was the the clean out person, she probably got rid of them. But I wish I had them. We do have Gary's Zane Gray, all of the Zane Gray I mean not Zane Gray, sorry, 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 uh, Edgar Rasboro's collection. And they're they're all paperback, but they're in really good they're in really good shape, and so we have them. But uh, just I always found it uh, fun to be to sit around as my dad read whatever whatever it was he was reading. And he when I was talking about Christmas the other day, Gary was listening to it, and Gary was uh, met my father when I was eighteen years old. So Gary also has a, a rich history with my father and knows a lot, spent a lot of time with my dad, my dad and I, my dad, he, my dad. But he said one thing I missed when I was talking about Christmas that was kind of a, a, a fun deal. Daddy didn't really care about what you got him for Christmas. He, he really didn't. He was like, I don't need anything. He, he, if you ask, what do you want for Christmas? I don't need anything. And we went through the years of the soap on a rope, <laughs> ties, aftershave, glum, you know, handkerchiefs, things that he would really thank us for, and then you'd never see him again, kind of thing. What what you would see were the the plaid, the uh, uh, oh, the flannel flannel shirts, plaid flannel shirts. He did wear those in the wintertime. He would well, you would see those again more than anything else. But one thing that he always expected and loved were the chocolate-covered cherries, you know, the ones when you bite into them, they're super sweet. And the, the liquid, it's a liquid kind of a filling. It's, it's kind of, there's white, but it's liquid. He loved those, and he would just pop those in his mouth and eat those. He expected those. He, he got a lot of those <laughs> for Christmas. Different brands. There was Queen Anne was one, was one brand that I remember. I haven't bought those uh, since since his last Christmas. I never have bought them again. And, and whenever I see them in the stores at Christmas, he gives me a 
a, a pang of, of, it makes me smile, but it makes me sad at the same time. But he could pop things in his mouth <laughs> in general. Uh, he loved food. He really did love food, and, and he never complained about anyone else's cooking. But some of the things I never could get into that he he dearly loved, they, I thought they, they were disgusting. One thing I didn't understand how he could do, uh, jalapeno peppers, raw jalapeno peppers, he would just bite it off. And, you know, the, the thing about those, the seeds are, are make it very hot. And he didn't care. He would just, you know, this, they were huge, the huge ones, but the smaller ones. He just bite off and, and he, no, no, that was, I can't even, I like the taste of jalapeno peppers in something, but the, even just the, the uh, taste of the pepper itself is, is too much for me. It's too overpowering. But he loved uh, oysters on the half shell with hot sauce. And he he absolutely loved them and, and would just, <laughs> down they went. Yeah, I did try them because I, what he always said was, I don't expect you to, when you put, when they, he and my mom put something new on my plate. And it's what I said to Brandon, it's what I say to Kate. I don't expect you to eat it all if you don't like it. I don't, you know, but try it. Try one bite. Because of the way it looks or sounds, you may like it. And that was their philosophy too. You don't have to eat it all, but you do have to try it. And so I did try the the oysters on the half shell and, and once it, it, it's, mm. but he also loved fried oysters which I also tried and they they still had that spongy awful 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 taste the batter on them was good but he also liked calf fries and I am not even going to go there to talk about that <laughs> he really did not eat those for many, many years, but uh, he liked them. He did like them. So I wanted to, to, to bring in some, just some, uh, you know, random things that he would, <laughs> that he would do, read, or, uh, or eat. Uh, he had, he had these little quirks. He really had these little quirks. He had this wonderful desk. I may talk more about the desk at some point. It's a knee-hole desk, and I have it now. But on that desk, he had a, an old-school typewriter that was underwood, and it was the kind you had to press with all your might down on the keys. It's what I learned on. Well, it's not really what I learned on because I learned in school the proper way to, to use a keyboard, which I'm very, very grateful for. He made me take it. He made me sign up. You will take take these courses. You will take typing, shorthand, you business business courses, what they were called, and bookkeeping, typing, shorthand. He there was no if ands or buts. I would take those, and I was uh, more of the creative arts, so I really resisted that. Uh, but he insisted because he said you can no matter what you can always earn a living with these skills. It will get you through tight times. And I'll probably talk more about that later. But on his desk, he had the, he had a phone, and it's a, it's on a huge desk, the old school typewriter that he would use, and because he he had those skills, he although 
he had those same office skills that he insisted I have as well. Uh, but he had uh, this, he called it his list finder. I don't know why he called it that, but it was a, a telephone keeper of, of telephone numbers. And it was uh, flat, and it had this little uh, arrow that moved up and down the alphabet on the side. And then you pressed a button, it popped open. And say, you were looking at my number, would go mm, down to B, pop it, and there would be all the people with uh, the names, last name starting with B. And he had that until the day he died. He had the, like the same list finder with all of his numbers in it. And again, when, when a loss happens, you're not thinking clearly as, you, as clearly as you should. So that was one of those things that I didn't think to, to grab. So I don't, I don't know what happened to it, but I wish I had it because it was a collection, lifetime collection. And he had a very, his penman, penmanship was really very good. And unlike mine. <laughs> uh, and so very, uh, very good record of people in his life. Uh, I did use it uh, when we lost my dad to contact some people I knew that lived far away that would be interested to know that um, that he had left this world. And But that is my uh, entry, episode six, entry six here as we remain in COVID-19 lockdown and I talk about my father's tales.